الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومطاعنا محمد عبده ورسوله اما بعد فقد قال الله تعالى في القران المجيد والفرقان الحميد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم سبحان الذي اسرى بعبده ليلا من المسجد الحرام الى المسجد الاقصى الذي باركنا حوله لنريه من اياتنا انه هو السميع البصير صدق الله العظيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم صلى الله عليه وسلم العهد الذي بيننا وبينهم الصلاه فمن تركها فقد كفر او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم respected علماء الكرام elders beloved brothers in islam many of us are financially orientated in our thinking we know in the commercial world there are seasons periods of heightened or where we have expectations of heightened economic activity the astute businessman doesn't wait for the actual season he starts his preparation long in advance allah subhanahu wa ta'ala interestingly out of his mercy compassion kindness when allah ta'ala speaks of deen speaks of the effort of deen in the quran interestingly allah also uses the word tijarat business hal adullukum ala tijaratin tunjikum min adabin adim allah says should i not show you a business in this is inference that the principles are similar allah taala out of his mercy in the islamic calendar has created seasons for us obviously not for heightened commercial activity but seasons of maghfirat seasons of forgiveness occasions where the doors of allah's mercy are thrown wide open occasions for us to reflect occasions for us to realize the shortness of our life and to repair our relationship with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this month of rajab is an indication of one such very great season abu bakr warraq rahimahullah a great scholar of islam he mentions an interesting analogy he says shahr rajab shahr zar'a wa shahr shaaban shahr asqal zar'a wa shahr ramadan shahr hasad zar'a he says the month of rajab The analogy or example is like a farmer planting the seeds. The month of Ramadan or the month of Shaaban is the watering of those seeds. And the month of Ramadan is the month wherein we will harvest or reap the harvest of our efforts. Similar saying of Abu Bakr Warraq rahimahullah he says shahr rajab shahr mathal mathal shahr rajab mathal reeh 
ومثل شعبان مثل الغيم ومثل رمضان مثل المطر This is the example of Rajab is the wind Shaban the rain clouds have gathered Ramadan the rain waters will start descending Our beloved noble master Janabi Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam we find in the hadith this dua that is taught to us that Rajab is the start of the preparation for Ramadan Rajab is the istiqbal and the welcoming of the month of Ramadan he taught us this dua, famous dua. We hear the imams in the various masjids reciting it. Allahumma barik lana fi rajabin wa shaban wa balighna ramadan. That oh Allah bless us in the months of rajab and shaban and cause us to remain alive to experience the month of Ramadan. In this is inference. Now is the time to start preparing. Unfortunately, many of us when it comes to these seasons, we become seasonal Muslims. That itself is a separate topic. It's not my intention to go in that direction. But what is important during these periods, there are certain asbaq, certain lessons, certain haqaiq, certain realities. The occasion of Jummah and the limited time, it is impossible to do justice but one or two important points. This month of Rajab particularly is synonymous with a very, very great mu'jiza and miracle. In fact, if you look in Quran, if you look at the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, our Nabiya Pak sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, there were many mu'jizat and miracles which he performed. At his hands, many miracles occurred. Sometimes water would come from the fingers of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sometimes a few dates, hundreds would eat. Sometimes the food would multiply in front of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Stones would speak and declare the shahadat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He even, Allah Ta'ala even blessed him with the splitting of the moon. But if you look in Quran, very few of the miracles are actually mentioned in Quran. Allah says, Qiyamah has come close and the moon was split. Inference to that miracle. But the particular miracle which many of the, or quite a few of the historians are of the opinion that it occurred, this miracle of the Mu'ad, or this miracle of Mi'raj, we find great detail, great detail, in Quran also to this particular miracle of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa What is the reason for that? There are very, very great lessons that are attached to Mi'raj. And as I mentioned, it is my intention, I'm not going to go into the details of Mi'raj, that we have the kitabs and the books there. And we, in the various masajid, there will be detail given. My intention is to highlight a few of the important takeaways Lessons that we should be taking from the Mi'raj of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. One very great lesson. It is Allah's principle. Allah says in the Quran, Inna ma'al usri yusra. Inna ma'al usri yusra. Allah will test you. Allah will open difficulty out of His mercy to elevate your status, to wipe away your sins, etc. In the case of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, obviously it was to elevate his status. 
But after that adversity and difficulty, ease definitely will come. This is Allah's sunnah. Many historians were of the opinion, mountains of trials and tribulations had been placed on the zat and personality of Janabi Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Many of them were of the opinion that this mihraj occurred particularly after three very, very great trials and tribulations. Within the space of ten days, the comfort, the solace, the support, the pillar of strength of Rasulullah outside the house and inside the house, both were taken away within the space of ten days. Inside the house, Khadijatul Kubra radiallahu ta'ala anha. Outside the house, and here I'm going to devote a little more detail because there is an important lesson to learn. This brother just recited the Shahadat. Allah inspired him, guided him towards Islam. Majority of us were born in Muslim homes. We didn't have to make much effort. We didn't have to seek out the guidance. Almost in the lap of our mothers, we were given Miftahul Jannah, the key to Jannah. Because we didn't make effort, many of us failed to realize the value of Iman. If you want to know the value of Iman, learn it from the incident of Abu Talib. What didn't this man do in the Islam? Everything he gave. And how many indications Allah gave him of the haqqaniyat, of the truth of Rasulullah sallallahu Alama Suyuti rahimullah in his khasai say, Kubra, he mentions one incident. That when Nabi Pak was a young boy of the age of seven, Talib headed a trade delegation from Makkah Mukarramah to Syria. On the way, they passed by a place where there was a person by the name of Bukhaira. He was known as Bukhaira Rahib. Bukhaira, the ascetic or the monk. This is a man who had carved a soma'a, a worship place inside the trunk of a tree and for years devoted himself to the worship of Allah. Cut himself off. He was an ascetic. He had no contact with people also. When the caravan of Abu Talib came in the precincts of where Bukhaira lived, all of a sudden he extends an invitation to this caravan for a meal. The whole town is shocked. This man hasn't been seen for years. What is so special about you people that he invited you so obviously, they also appreciated the invitation. This is a man of Allah. He's a great worshipper. They left the little boy, Muhammad, seven-year-old, to look after the camels. Presented themselves around the tree of Bukhira. When he emerged, he looked around. Couldn't see the youngster. So immediately he asked them, where is the youngster? So they said, we left him behind to tend the camels. He said, you fools, it is because of him that I invited you. Send for the youngster. The little boy comes in keeping with the climate of the desert. It's midday. The sun has reached its zenith. So, shade is minimal. Whatever shade there was, they had already taken it. So the little boy had to sit in the direct glare of the sunlight. No sooner he sat there, the clouds moved to cover the body of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Buhaira, all could this out to them. He said, did you see what happened? He said, this youngster did not pass by any stone or any tree except that he greeted him. This is what would happen to the previous 
Anbiya alayhi salam, messengers of Allah. Then he asked them, who is this youngster? Abu Talib stood up and said, that is my son. Bukhaira said, you are speaking lies. The scriptures that were revealed to me informed me that the father of this child passed away before he was born. Abu Talib said, yes. He is not my son, he is the son of my brother who is deceased. And then, what did Abu Talib say? He said, but I love him more than my own children. I love him more than my own children. Bukhaira advised them, he said, if you continue further towards Syria, on the route there are Jews who I fear may harm this youngster if they become aware of him. So I'm advising you for his own protection, take him back to Makkah Mukarramah. Many, many indications Allah gave Abu Talib. Such a support and comfort he was for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We hear of Nabi Pak sallallahu alayhi wa sallam whilst in sajda, intestines of camels being placed on his back. We hear of the kuffar of Makkah taking a rope, tying it around the neck of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and trying to suffocate him. We hear of them beating him openly in public in Makkah Mukarramah. These occurred after the demise of Abu Talib. When Abu Talib was alive, this extent of persecution didn't take place because of Abu Talib. Once they formed a delegation and they came to Abu Talib. They said, stop your nephew. Stop your nephew from what he is doing. Otherwise, we are no longer going to respect your protection. Na'uzubillah, we are going to kill him. Abu Talib, out of real concern, sends for Rasulullah sallallahu Before I continue this incident, what is very, very important for you and I to recognize, attest to and realize, what did the kuffar of Makkah have a problem with? They did not have a problem with the salah of Rasulullah sallallahu they did not have a problem with his ibadat and worship. Before Nubuwat, in the cave of Hira, for days on end he would worship Allah. They loved him, they revered him, they honored him. They would say, As-Sadiq, Al-Ameen, the truthful one has come, the, the trustworthy one has come. At the age of 40, Jibreel is sent. He's made the Nabi of Allah, he gets Nubuwat. Then the entire populace of Makkah turns against him. Why? Not because of his ibadat, because of his dawah. That which today many of us have this mindset, MashaAllah, I'm a good muttaqi, ibadatgar, Muslim. Dawah, some organization can do that. Some group can do that. Not necessary for me to do. Try and rationalize this with the seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu Abu Talib sends for Rasulullah sallallahu Oh my nephew, I beg you, stop this. In other words, stop this dawah. Stop calling humanity to Allah. Otherwise, I will no longer be able to protect you. What was the reaction, response of our noble master sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Two narrations. As Mayusu sahab rahmatullahi in his hayatu sahaba mentions these two, two narrations. One narration. What did he say? He said, yasari. He said, Oh my uncle, if the sun has to be placed in my right hand, the sun in a desert climate is synonymous with heat, with difficulty, with hardship. In other words, if they have to persecute me and torture me. The moon in my left hand, 
moon in a desert climate is synonymous with beauty, comfort, solace, ease. If they throw the wealth and temptations of the world at me, whatever they do, persecute me or tempt me with the world, oh my uncle, I will never abandon calling my ummah to Allah. Another narration, listen with the years of Iman. Ma ana bi min an ada ma bu'ithtu bihi min an yushil ahadukum min hadhihi shamsi shu'lata nar. He said, oh my uncle, it will be easier for a flame of fire to be placed in my hand and my entire body burned to ashes. I will tolerate that, but I will never abandon calling my ummah to Allah. Rationalize that with our psychology today that Dawud is the work of some organization and some group. This was the lifeblood of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When the uncle sees the passion of Nabi Abbaq sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, comes in the narration, Nabi Salaam said this and he burst into tears. Abu Talib faced him and said, Fasda bi Amrika, Lam tusibka sababatun, Walakad sadakta, Wakad kunta thamma amina, Walakad alimtu, Bianna deena Muhammad, Min khayri adiyanil bariyati deena, Lola al malamatu o hadara masabatin, Lawajetani samiham bidaka mubina. He said, Oh my nephew, continue with what you are doing, no harm will come to you. You have always been truthful and you are truthful now. And then Abu Talib says, I know in my heart that the deen of Muhammad is the best of every religion. If it were not for the fear of the taunts and the mockery of the women of Quraysh, that out of the fear of old age and death, I abandoned the religion of my forefathers, I would have openly recited your kalima. Taqdeer of Allah, taqdeer of Allah, price tag of Iman. Abu Talib leaves the world with the words ala deeni abdul muttalib i am dying on the religion of abdul muttalib price tag what is the man allah's rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam one hadith he mentions to us he says inna ahwana ahlin nari adaban la rajulun yudhu fi akhmasi qadamayhi jamratan yaghli minhuma dimaghuhu he says there will be one person in jahannam two coals two coals just two coals of jahannam one each will be placed under each foot. Such will be the intensity of the heat that yaghli minhuma dimahu, his brains will start boiling. Ma yara anna ahadan ashadda minhu adaba. He will feel that in the whole of Jahannam there is no one suffering as much as he is suffering. Allah's Rasul said, wa innahu la ahwanuhum adaba. This is the lightest azab of Jahannam. In Jahannam there is nothing lighter than this. And this will be the azab that will be given to Abu Talib as cognizance of the years of service to Rasulullah sallallahu But he died on kufr. Two supports inside the house, Khadijatul Kubra is taken away. Within the space of 10 days, outside Abu Talib, the incident of Taif occurs. I'm not going to go into the details. We know what Taif was. After these great, three great trials were placed upon Rasulullah sallallahu After difficulty, he is in the house of Ummihani radiallahu anha. Jibreel presents himself at night, takes Rasulullah sallallahu to the khatim, the section, the, the semicircle outside the Kaaba, which is actually part of the Kaaba. In the khatim, Jibreel places his hand on the chest of Rasulullah the chest is cut open, the heart is taken out, two 
bowls are brought. In one is Zamzam, in the other is Noor. First the heart is bathed with Zamzam, then the heart is split open. From the second container which was from Jannat, Noor is filled into the heart. Then the heart is put together, placed back in the chest of Rasulullah wasallam. This is referred to as what is called Shakke Sadar. What is the lesson? In this is indication, 14 centuries ago, that open heart surgery will become a reality. First it occurred with Rasulullah but without any surgeon or without any medical instruments. Then Burak is brought. Fokal Himar Dunal Bagal comes in the Hashan, taller than a donkey, shorter than a mule. The speed of this animal, Allah's Rasulullah said at every step, every step would be as far as the eye could see. What is the sabak and lesson? I'm cutting it very short. That supersonic travel speeds at super travel at supersonic speeds will become a reality. Subhanalladhi asra bi abdihi laylan min al masjid al haram ila al masjid al aqsa from masjid al haram to masjid al aqsa. One narration it is mentioned that that night the chief padri of Aqsa tried to close the door as was the norm. At night they would close the masjid. The door refused to close. He sends for the carpenter. Carpenter said one, limb, one lintel on top has become dislodged. That is why the imbalance is not closing. I'll fix it up tomorrow. The padri said no. Tomorrow you will find this door will close normally. This door is not being allowed to close because tonight is the night of the Miraj of the final prophet. That same Padri later on accepted Islam and he was made shaheed by his people. The arwah of Anbiya alayhimu salatu wasalam had gathered. Allah's Rasulullah led them in salah. This was the visible, physical manifestation of that declaration. Ana Nabiul Ambiya. He said, I am the Nabi of even the Ambiya. What is the sabah? What is the lesson? Today, as an Ummah, we have Qudwa, we have our role model, we have our example, we have our leader, we have our master, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Yet, in our businesses, in our dressing, in our homes, in our weddings, in our functions, who are we actually following? What did my Nabi Sallallahu say? Law kana Musa wa Isa khayyan lama wasi'atumuhuma illa tibai uda nasara if Isa and Musa alayhimu salam these Nabis themselves were alive today they also would not go to Jannah unless they followed Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam the seal was placed Aqsa, Aqsa is going to follow Baytullah symbolically. This was displayed in that Salah. In that Salah, symbolically, humanity was told that from now till Qiyamah, no other Nabi's way will be accepted. Only Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Then further, further, the earth part of Miraj is described one place in the Quran. Subhanalladhi asra bi abdihi laylam min al masjid al haram ila al masjid al aqsa. 
Then the second part, the heavenly journey that is described elsewhere in the Quran. No time to go into details, but scientifically, scientifically, every one of us has atmospheric pressure bearing down upon us, approximately one ton on each person. That is, and as you go higher, as you go up, the outward atmospheric pressure becomes less. Why are you not crushed? Allah has created pressure inside you to mitigate the effect of the outside pressure. As you go higher, outside pressure gets less. That is why we find in aeroplanes, they say there is, the cabin pressure is controlled. This is actually protection. As you go even higher into space, there is minimal outside pressure. So they have this astronaut suits. What is the, what is the, what is the purpose of that suit, that space suit? To mitigate the effect of the own your pressure that is inside your body is going to push outwards. Outside there's no pressure. If you don't wear that suit, your body will explode. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam with his kurta and his lungi, without any space suit. From Masjid al-Haram to Masjid al-Aqsa. From Aqsa through the seven heavens. What was this distance? First of all, there is no other surah in the Quran that begins with this expression, Subhan. Subhan alladhi asra. What is this Subhan? Allah is Baq. Allah is pure. Allah is free of what? Of physics, of science, of geology, of botany, of chemistry, earth, wind, fire, water, principles of time, space. This is for you and I. Allah is above all that. Time is stopped. Space is shrunk. What is this distance? You look up, you see the sun. Circumference of the sun is 1,394,000 kilometers. This galaxy in which we live, they call it the Milky Way. It's a conjunction of 17 galaxies. How vast is this space? Just this one galaxy. They say if an object is traveling at the speed of sound, sound of light, light travels at the speed of 186,282 miles per second, 300,000 kilometers per second. Something traveling at that unimaginable speed in one year will cover 0.461 trillion kilometers. Just this one galaxy they estimate is 100,000 light years. They estimate there are another 2 trillion such galaxies. And all this is just 3 to 5 percent of the visible universe. With other 95% dark energy, what is going on there, they don't even know that. And this is Samao Dunya, underneath the first heaven, physically, bodily, Muhammad wasallam is taken through all the space. Time is stopped. First heaven, Adam salam. Second heaven, Zakaria, Yahya, Isa salam. Third heaven, Yusuf salam. Fourth heaven, Idris salam. Fifth heaven, Harun salam. Sixth heaven, Musa salam. Seventh heaven, Ibrahim salam. Jannah, Jahannam, Allah's Arsh, taken beyond all that. Till he reaches what is called Sidratul Muntaha, the last outpost. Beyond this point, no creation of Allah has ever been. The narration of Qazi Ayaz, Rahimullah, in his Shifa, Ibn Abbas, Radiallahu Anhu, is the narrator. 
He says, Faraqani Jibreel. Rasulullah says, Jibreel left me also. He had gone to a point no creation of Allah has ever been. Obviously, if Jibreel left him, no creation has ever been, there is total complete silence. He was insan, he became afraid, naturally. فَسَمِعَتُ كَلَامَ Rabbi. He says, all of a sudden, I heard the voice of Allah. Do not be afraid. Ya Habibi, Udnu, Udnu, Udnu. Oh my beloved, venture even further. Venture even further. Venture even further. No creation of Allah had ever reached such a point. Kamal Qurb with Allah. Time has already run out. I'm taking one or two more minutes. I respect it, brother. Somebody goes on a journey. Somebody goes on a special trip. Sometimes if you're, if you, those that are going in Tablik, 40 days, 4 months. My own granddaughter, when I return, first thing, Nana, what surprise you brought for me? Ask ourselves this question. We'll speak about Mehraj. We'll speak about this great Mu'ajiza. What did he bring back? What was the gift of Mehraj? What was the sabak of Mehraj? What was the lesson of Mehraj? What was the hadiah of Mehraj? What was the undeniable consequence of Mehraj? To explain this, I will terminate on one saying of Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah. He says, Lil-abdi, Bayna yadayi Allahi mawqifan, Mawqifun, Bayna yadayhi fi salatihi, Wa mawqifun, Bayna yadayhi yawma liqai rabbihi. He says, Allah, Allah, through the barakah and blessings of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, has created an opportunity for every Muslim two times in his life to present himself in Allah's court as Rasulullah sallallahu presented himself physically in Allah's court in Mi'raj. What are the two occasions? One is five times every day on the Musalla. Allahu Akbar, you are in Allah's court. The other is on the day of judgment when it is going to be only you and Allah. He says, فَمَنْ قَامَ بِحَقِّ الْمَوْقِفِ الْأَوَّلِ هُوِّنَ عَلَيْهِ الْمَوْقِفِ الْآخَرِ He said, fulfill the right of the first standing five times every day in salah and Allah will make the second standing easy for you on the day of judgment. وَمَنْ إِسْتَحَانَ بِهَذَا الْمَوْقِفِ وَلَمْ يُوَفِّ حَقَّهُ شُدِّدَ عَلَيْهِ الْمَوْقِفِ الْآخَرِ He says, mock this first standing. Mock this first standing. 95% of the believing ummah today is away from the masjid. Azan is falling on deaf ears. This masjid will be full now, tomorrow at the time of Fajr. What is the state of the masjid? He says, mock the first standing. And Allah protect you, Allah protect me, Allah protect our families. He says, the second standing will be made difficult. Accept the gift of Mi'raj. If nothing else, if nothing else as a preparation for Ramadan, each one of us from the heart make this near that five times salah every day with Jamaat. Allah give us two